This is The Usable Past, a podcast of past stories informing the present, hosted by Marie Nahikian. Welcome to The Usable Past. only in Brooklyn story. I swim at least two or three times, three times if I'm lucky a week, and it keeps me sane. And as I've gotten older, it also um, keeps me moving, physically moving. So one Friday morning, I don't know, three or four years ago, I was ready to swim my laps. I walked into the Eastern Athletic Club on Eastern Parkway at the Union Temple, and I couldn't swim my laps because there was this weird looking water aerobics class going on in the pool. And there were ladies, ladies of a certain age, of which I was one as well, kind of spread out around the pool. And there was this, you know, very fit together looking African American um, gentleman who was yelling at people (laughs) and talking from the deck of the pool. And so I was like, oh, it's a water aerobics class. So I said, ah, piece of cake. I'll join this class. Then I'll swim my laps. (laughs) An hour later, I could barely pull myself out of the water. I was so wiped out and so exhausted. And I looked around and there were all these ladies who were leaping out of the water, much older than me and in much better shape than I was. And that's when I realized I was hooked. So little did I know that I had joined Torello Cabral's cult. I don't know how else to say it. And the only requirement for membership in Torello's class or his cult is don't ask questions (laughs) and move water. So welcome to Moving Water Brooklyn style. Um, This is... This is a group of people um, for over 20 years, a group of women, mostly, not all, who gathered at the Eastern Athletic Club for uh, Torello Cabral's water aerobics. And some of them were so dedicated, like Ellen, who's going to be joining us soon in this podcast, went to more than one class. She used to take, I think you take classes at a couple of places that you teach, right, Torello? Yes. Anyway, so welcome to Torello Cabral and Ellen Beatty and um, Bill Kahn. Welcome. And Bill, I have to say, is one of the newer members of the class. And we're also joined today with my co-host and producer, PJ Ryan. I'm Marie Nahikian, and welcome to The Usable Past. Um, This is actually The Usable Present, built on The Usable Past. And I'm your host. So I'm going to start with a big deal question, which is, Torello, we're all in the pool treading water, listening to your mantra, of which we hope we'll hear a little bit of this morning. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
Some of some people are sh are standing in shallow water, right? Yes. And some of us, like Ellen are, and Bill, I guess, are in deep water, but yes. with some assisted kind of belts, belt flotation, flotation devices, right? But Tarilla, I've never seen you in the pool. Do you uh, know how to swim? Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But <laughs> let's get this clear. I am not a yeller. I am an instructor. I give instructions. I do not yell. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> All Maybe right. Some might take the differ. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, it's the acoustics in the pool are very, very bad, so you have to project. Well, so, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Um, can I just interrupt? Please. Um... Up until a few years ago, Torello would get into the water in July. <laughs> and so for every class in July, wherever he taught, he would get into the pool and he would do the instruction in the pool. And we would always go, yay. But at the end of July, we were real happy when he went back onto the edge of the pool because him being in the pool was even more strenuous class than when he instructs on the edge of the pool. So yes, I have seen them in the pool. <laughs> so, so Bill, you're one of the newer class members and you're a man on top of that and this grand group of ladies. Um, how, did you, how did you stumble into this class? Um, I was looking to just get some cardio and looking to do some laps and Sort of like you, I saw this and it was like, damn, you're in my time slot. And um, <laughs> and I figured, and I foolishly said, and then went, geez, you know, wow, this this is beneath me. This is, they're not really working. <laughs> they're not really working hard because they, they're, certainly they're not. I mean, and I made that error for sure. And it's like, well, I should try it. I just want to know, Ellen, so Bill, you joined, what, a year, two years ago, maybe? A little over two years. Uh, yeah, I, I joined two years pretty much once I moved to the neighborhood. I joined. And um, and so, yeah, so there were the two other instructors. And I will say what impressed me greatly is that Torello asked my name that first time. And next week... He remembered my name, which makes for all the harder work because you're held accountable. That's when he right. just says, yeah. Bill, move your yeah. leg. Well, he's move, move your legs, move your this or that, whatever. And also, just one other quick thought is standing outside the pool is so much better because we can see what you're doing. Yes. There's one instructor who's in the water and we don't know what she's actually doing. So it's actually great that you're out of the pool. Yeah. So... There's there's obviously something kind of special that grew up. I mean, this class has been going on for over 20 years. And Torello, how many how many of your students, I mean, how many of your, you know, folks in this class have been coming a long time? A very long time. They've been doing this class even before I got there. And I think they had a, a lovely instructor before me that they liked very much. And when I started, I had to compete with what they used to do. So, but I have a different kind of 
mentality when it comes to water aerobics. Um, I give people are there to get a workout. And what's different about water aerobics, people come with different ability levels, but in the end, they still need to walk away with a workout. So it's my job to make sure I do my best to give them a workout. So I'm a little bit of a tyrant, a little bit of a drill sergeant. Drill sergeant. <laughs> but I'm doing my best to be a drill sergeant, but like, you know, coming from a fun place. And also, because I, I, I believe like everybody that comes to the gym deserves a workout. And I don't think you're, I don't treat people as if they're disabled. Even though they might have would come with some restrictions, but I don't treat them as if they're disabled. I'm here to give them a workout to make sure I give them like an overload on their body so they become stronger when they leave the place. Because some of the people that come to this class are walking with canes and walkers mm -hmm. when they come in and then they get in the pool. We even had one person in the class that I think uh, came with her dog, her service yes, dog, yes. and the dog would lie beside the pool while she was in the water. Um, I think she was sight disabled. I'm not sure, but I think that no, was no, no. No, she, it was a service dog. It was, it was a service dog. But I guess what I'm totally intrigued with is, is not just your skill, but how is it that you've created this sense of community that keeps people coming back? I would say it's people like Ellen that's very good at like wrangling people in when they do join the class. <laughs> You know, and it's it's that it's Eastern Athletics, like they do go to the new people and they do make it very welcoming. But it comes from top down. Even the receptionists are very welcoming to everybody. So it's just that I just joined on it and then I just make sure even though I kicked their butt the first time which is like the initiation, the hazing. <laughs> and if they get through that, they usually come back for more because they, they know where I'm coming from. I'm not, I do have a purpose in what I'm doing. And my message is to work you hard enough. When you go back to your regular life, it becomes a little, a little bit easier. easier. Right, right. But his, one of the um, things that I've always taken away from Torello is that he stresses that fact that this workout is for you. Mm. That's the most important thing is they're working out for yourself. So just use some of the words. I mean, I owe it, if it weren't when it is, we would be in the pool and we could actually hear your voice. But what are some of the, what are some of the, the words that you use that enforce that or that reinforce that this is a workout for you? Well, they'll actually say this is your yeah, workout. Is workout. <laughs> you know, and you're not here for anybody else. Yeah. You're not here for anybody else. You're here for you. you. And um, that I try to, I used to have seven rules, you know. I used to have seven rules, chest up, shoulders back, you know, engage your abdominal muscles, you know. And I kind of no excuses. No, no excuses. No excuses. And I, I, no excuses to the point where I tell them like, you have a broken arm. That is the truth, but that shouldn't be an excuse. And that's what I try to portray. Like you come in with your your hurt, your aches, your pain, your life, and all that stuff. That is very true. There's nothing wrong with that. But 
you could let that be an excuse for you not to do what you're doing. And, right, to do and, the best and, workout. And so it's yeah. your workout. It is you're here for it's you, you, you know? And the thing that happens is a difference between somebody that's fit, that's not fit. And the difference is that like, a bus might be coming down the road and you need to catch it. You know, the fit person and the unfit person is gonna have two different experiences. The fit person can get up and sit on the bus like, oh, I caught the bus. The unfit person goes, like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed the bus. You know, and that's the only difference. So I, I do my best to give you the best workout and I try to keep it simple. The kiss message, keep it simple, you know? Right. And, and you do the best of your abilities until you give your best and that's it. And your best is the best that you're gonna give me today. And I'm gonna just, in the, in, the, in the event, it makes it sound like he doesn't give a damn whether you have a broken arm <laughs> and he's going to, in fact, abuse you and your broken arm. No. Um, I do want to make it clear that in fact, that's actually, that was the point that it struck me the most is that when there was one time and I'd only, I just lost the sands of time. It was my arm, my leg, whatever it was. And I just said to you, look, my arm is, I gotta, and it's in, instantaneously, you kept me going, but the Marine Sergeant went away <laughs> and it was more, and it was, it was fine tuned to just me. Everybody else still got the drill sergeant, but I got something different that kept me going individual, yeah and that was a really neat thing and that's in a class of 20 25 yeah, people yeah and that's that's something i learned in the water in the water 25 people mm -hmm. because especially with water aerobics a lot of people come with different issues you know or sometimes this your first time in the water or stuff happens to you in the water when you, you catch a cramp something doesn't go right with the water you're not comfortable in the water there's like a lot of stuff can go wrong so i've learned to like know that anything and anything can happen in the water i could be teaching a class and somebody comes and try to disrupt the class i have to keep the class going because this is their workout and i have to like solve that problem so i think of myself of a solution i gotta figure out the solution i can be teaching a class and all of a sudden, somebody has a cramp. I have to go over there to tend to them, and I have to like scream and yell at the other guy, keep working out. While I'm trying to be gentle to be somebody that got a cramp so bad that I have to like help them through this situation while the class is going. And uh, I have to I have to teach a class where somebody got out the pool and I'm telling them walk, and they kept on running. They slipped and fall, smashed their head up on the floor and pool. And I have to keep the class going while I tend to them, get the lifeguard over to take it. And sometimes I had to like, be a lifeguard while the lifeguard is there. <laughs> and be a lifeguard while I'm supposed to be teaching a class and be a lifeguard because something awry happens. So I usually, I usually have a plan for my class, but my plan is always open for whatever that can happen in the class while I'm giving somebody, everyone, and making that class their own. I have a question, right? Yes. Yeah, I have two actually. Um, and I, number one, I love your energy when it Thank comes you. down to everything because it, it appears that you're very, very passionate about what you do. Yes. Um, I had a question. I had a question in reference to how did you start with this? How did this marinate to where you are now? Um, 
it, it started it started at a very young age that I always wanted to help people. You know, so my brother was a lifeguard. I decided to become a lifeguard. And then while spending so much time sitting in a pool, not doing anything, instructors used to come in and teach a class. I'm like, wow, what is this? Like, you know, what what's going on with this class? And that person made more money than I did. So, <laughs> so then I inquired about it and that was the beginning of it. What age were you? Oh, I was in my 20s. I was in my 20s. And and I also have a background for being a swim instructor. So I also used to help people learn how to swim, especially those who are afraid of the water. That's another thing I do. Like some people come to water aerobics, they're afraid of the water. And I have to be a little bit more of a tyrant to make them more afraid of me than they are of the water. <laughs> so that way they can have a good workout. So... But then from like my background of teaching people how to swim, I knew how to be a little bit of a tough guy so that now I can get them to do what they need to do in the water in spite of their fear. Did you have role models for this? Um, my brother who scared me when I almost drowned when I was like 11 years old. Some guy offered to swim me, to teach me how to swim or got me on his back, left me in the middle of a yeah. pool to drown. Yeah. And then it was like a day like 9-11. How, you know, I remember 9-11, the sky was like all blue and it was crystal clear. I remember being in a pool, sinking to the bottom of the pool, looking up at the blues, clear sky with the sun. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to, you know? And then a teacher came up and pulled me out. And the following week, my brother, taught me how to swim in that same pool in the deep end to the point where I was about to touch the edge of the pool. He kept on pulling my leg back to get me to calm down. And he scared the crap out of me, <laughs> teaching me how to swim. And I said from that moment, there must be an easier way or a gentle way to teach people how to swim. So that's why sometimes I can have that gentle side of me to teach people how to swim and also that tough side of me to get people to do what they need to do, even though they're afraid. So it's a, you gotta find a balance of that when you're teaching water aerobics or you're teaching somebody how to swim. You gotta know when to be tough, when to be soft. And I can say the person that inspired me the most about this was my grandmother, who was the toughest, strongest person I know that would like scare the crap out of you, but had the biggest heart. And I remember like one story, like they would make you take this medicine that's supposed to help clear out your your, your gut and all this stuff, and it tasted horrible. Was and it castor oil? Something like that, yeah. yes, yeah, castor oil, all that stuff. And the thing happened, there was the year they finally made it into a pill that you didn't have to taste all that <laughs> nastiness, you know? So my aunt was like, oh my God, he's a little child. You get, there's not a child dose, so give him a child dose. You know, so my grandmother opened the pill up, poured some of it out, but could not close the pill back together. So she had to put it back in the water or back in the thing, the juice that you're supposed to drink it in. And she screamed, like, was so tough. I'm like, if you don't drink this thing right now, I'm gonna like, and you think, oh my God, she's gonna kill me if I don't drink it. <laughs> and you hurry up and drink this stuff and my stomach's all messed up, my head is all messed up. I go running out the room. But the one thing I did not know until my brothers told me later on, that tough love she showed me to get this medicine, 
She was in the room later on crying for what she did to me. But she would never show that to me. And that's the kind of same kind of attitude my mom had towards me. They'll be tough, but they'll always have my back. So when I teach classes, I try to be tough, even though when I'll be tough, almost like a dark night, where you think I'm the bad guy, but I always have your best interests at heart. So yeah, I love it how, because you actually brought it back to the question I was going to ask, because <laughs> Marie had mentioned earlier about community. Yeah. So I know there are a lot of instructors, um, mm -hmm. fitness instructors, or whatever, whatever area that, of expertise that people are in, um, and they have classes, they're mostly there, number one, to make money, right? But for you, it sounds as if the community itself that you create with all of your, all of your attendees, um, that it means a lot to you. Yes. What, what exactly would you, what exactly means, um, does it really mean to you? Like in your own words. These ladies and gentlemen always treated me like family. They always treat me like family. Teaching at the Eastern Athletics is not convenient for me, <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of times like, oh my God, I do not want to go. Um, I don't want to continue, I want to do something else. But since they treated me so well, I always keep coming back. Can I um, just interrupt? Every year we have the Aquasize. I was going to say, party. we get to the party. We, we get to the um, party. But, uh, but this is a Um And the last two years, Bill hosted the party because he lives right around the corner from the pool. But was it 10 years ago or mm -hmm. so? We went to Torello's house for our Aquasize party. So when you're talking about a sense of community, that's the sense of community that he invited us to his home. And that's why you're the missing silver one. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to discuss that, but yes. Yeah, so, and the, the yearly party that they have and the community that they have is like so amazing. They always treated me like I was their son. I also, I always saw like in each of them, like my parents, like my, my grandmother and my mom. So I want to make sure like, I give them the best I can, like, you know, so that that way, you know. Because and I also have to say, because I think this is a, this is a unique Brooklyn story. Yes. Because yeah. of who is in this class. Yes. The fact that it's very diverse. I mean, I don't know of many places where, um, a young African-American man is willing to stand up and teach a group of, um, for the most part, white women, but not all. There was, a, there was some real diversity and some real age diversity. Mm -hmm. um, we can tell many stories about um, the people that we got to know uh, as a part of that community. And I was only there a short time compared with Ellen, but there's some compelling stories. Um, a woman who was hit by a car in Prospect Park and injured quite seriously. And I can remember hearing from her that she came to that class and Torello saved her life, that Torello kept her walking and kept her moving. And I think that that's just a really 
important thing that somebody was able to make that connection. And she still comes. She doesn't come to the classes often. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, but there are all kinds of folks who created that community. Well, um, I do have a theory, and one of my theories about water classes is that because we're in the locker room, especially after class, um, and we're wet anyway. I would say 90% of the people take a shower, and especially in the women's locker room. Um, we're all undressed, and there's a level of schmooze that goes on, I think because we're all, everything is out in the open. So that's true. Um, so I have a, I think that people in water classes have a tendency to be closer, because if you go to a workout class, uh, you just go, you work out, and you go home. You might take a shower, you may not. But in the water, everyone is in the shower, they're undressed, you have nothing to hide. So there's, it's very easy to develop a sense of community, a schmooze, a closeness. And some of the people that I met in the class were top city officials. Yes. Um, worked for the mayor, were top city officials. They are writers, they were artists. There's a woman... Yes who was a painter that I came to realize was a painter of some renown. Yeah. Um, but you would you wouldn't know that well, until you begin to talk with people a mm-hmm. little bit and you find out a little bit here and mm-hmm. a little bit there. But um, but you don't talk in class, you talk in the locker room. So how did is that how you came to control these ladies who can't talk? <laughs> <laughs> by telling them you can't talk. You can't. Um, 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 I don't try to, I, but I try to make them, like, to make, I try to make them realize, like, the most important thing right now is what they're doing right now. And then what you do, like, if you were to talk or if you were to, like, you're taking that from somebody else. Again, this is your workout, but don't make your workout taking away from another person's work. And I do my best not to get people, like tell people to be quiet or shut up. I even have a tool that I learned from other people who instructed me of how to control a class, sometimes by not saying anything. I will take up to like five minutes of giving instruction without saying a word, staying quiet, till the person that's being a distraction realize, oh my God, I'm being a distraction. You know? It's also that Bill said at the beginning, Terrell knows our name. So he'll go over and he'll say, Ellen, you know you're talking. So the direct contact um, means something. Where if someone just says, well, be quiet, you can say, well, it's not me. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I, I think that personal connection is also very important. So what's, what's one of the biggest surprises you ever had teaching one of these classes? The biggest surprise? Yeah. Did anything kind of happen that you were like, wow, that's <laughs> never happened before? I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Um, <laughs> not not in this class in particular. Um, not in this class in particular. I have us one time, this, I was teaching a class. Um, sometimes women wear suits that like their boobs come out because <laughs> they made these suits were made for bathing but not for working out right and then you have to tell them oh yeah like fix your thing i have to go to them like listen 
put yourself <laughs> back, you know, because you're all over the place, you know. So um, this one uh, woman was working out and it kept on coming off. And I'm like, fix your, you know, just to continue working out. She just took the whole top off, threw it to the side, and kept on working out. I'm like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> Solve that problem. You know, mm-hmm. you know, usually people in um, water aerobics are usually respectful of each other. You know, sometimes people can be a little bit territorial. So people do argue about that every once in a while, but the one that kind of like surprised me. Is when one of the women actually splashed the other person. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you know. But yeah, but usually a lot of stuff happens. But I, I try to be a professional, and 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 I just give the best workout I can. The other thing that Torello does that really no other teacher does is he organizes uh, us spatially in the pool where other teachers, you could just be all over the place, but he wants you to have your space so that you can work out. Mm-hmm. You know, because you've been in some of the other classes and you know that the teachers, you just could be bumping into each other, they don't care. Well, I catch myself constantly, if I have an opportunity to swim now, I, I catch myself doing the donkey kick. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know some of some of those specific kinds of formats that yeah. you taught us. Whether it's um, and I'm now going to blank. Well, the um, cross ski, cross country ski. Cross country ski. Thank you very much. Yes. Cross country ski in the water, and you actually have people jogging in the water. Yes. Yeah. So so, what does it sound like when you move us? That's the other thing is when you move us from one sequence to another. Um, I I do I do try to give it like a total body approach. You know, uh, I make you move your lower body. I'll make you lose your upper body. Make sure you focus on your frontal portion. You know, anterior portion, and and you got to make sure you got to get people movement that they do in the real world. Um, Sometimes I used to see how they used to instruct people as if they're dead, you know? And I want to instruct you as if uh, uh, how you live, you know? You're not, like, you're not broken, mm-hmm. you know? And the one thing I try to tell people, you are not broken, you are not broken. You can be injured. Sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I have a bad arm. I'm like, what? You have a what? I have a bad arm. I'm like, Re- rethink what you're saying. You may have an injured arm, you may have an arm that's in pain. That's what it is. It's not a bad arm. This arm been servicing you your whole life. How dare you insult that arm? Like how dare you talk that about the arm? And like and most likely it's something that you did to injure that that made the arm that way. So you don't have a you're not broken, you know? Even though there's a you're not broken. Sometimes I talk to if that arm was missing, would you still be whole? You know, and that's the thing. It's like a holistic approach. You gotta use the whole upper body, lower body. Make sure people do movement to open up their body. So, and and that's from that front, back, up, down. You know. I think the other key to this sense of community is, um, I think you use the words Torello saying, "Treat me like family," but I also think there was. And what you just described is a sense of respect. 
respect for where everybody is in their own little individual kind of bubble, um, but also teaching them to learn how to respect their body mm -hmm. and what needs to happen with that. So respect's a big deal, I think. Um, I will say that the holiday party is, is quite phenomenal. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, the, last, the last couple of years, Bill, where you've hosted it, it's been really wonderful, but I can remember other ones in people's homes. Mm -hmm. I did not, I had never heard the story that you actually invited people to your home. Uh, yes. Was that the first one? No, no, that was, no, no. That was the no. one of many. That one was special to me, reason because um, my house had a fire, it burnt down, and it took forever, forever, forever to repair the house. So, and we finally got the house repaired. It was like a six year ordeal, you know? And then I'm like, if we're gonna have it, a house is renovated, let's get them to my house. Although at the time my mom kind of like fought me on this, you know, cause she figured I'm not gonna have a party in this house. But the amazing thing with this group of ladies that for this party, they are so organized. <laughs> they can come here to any place to come in, throw a party. And then when it's time to leave, it other they were never there. <laughs> So that one was really special, and then my mom was actually had a time like to learn what I did for these ladies, and these ladies always wanted to know my mom, and that was a, one of those, yeah. one of the very special moments, yeah, and how they yeah. treated my mom, how my mom reacted with them, you know. So I'm not what did that. your mom learn about you? Good question. Um, like different facets of me. You know, she knew that, um, like, I, I'm, I'm not, like, just because I show a rough exterior, you know, like, you know, and, like, I'm not a very um, open person. I don't tell people a lot about me, you know, even to her. I remember it's so funny with Ellen. So <laughs> Ellen comes over to my, uh, comes over to the house. And she's trying to find dirt on me. <laughs> His so, sister was there. But... His sister, my mom, and she goes and asks my mom and my sister, so what's the deal with Torello? I'm like, Torello doesn't tell me anything either. So, <laughs> I thought that. So that was like, that was like a part, to show my mom a different part of me, a part that I don't. And also that was. A couple of years ago, I think it was maybe January 1st, mm -hmm. um, it was at the Brooklyn Heights pool. And for some reason, Torello said, today, you can ask me any question you want. <laughs> because we're never, allowed, we're never allowed to ask questions, ever. So it was just like a free-for-all. And, yes. and I was the one asking most of the questions. But, yeah. but it was like, you know, just start yeah, and all that. I, yeah, I, no. I, I did. I did. <laughs> and so when we started this, discussion and conversation yeah. among us. Ellen, one of the things that you said very early on was that this is the longest period of time that you have been away from a class with Torello. Yes. Because this is all happening after, this is August, almost September, and we've months. been in yes. COVID lockdown since 
February, late February, early right, March. March, yeah. March yeah. Which means no one's been to this class. This exactly. class hasn't happened. So, I mean, Bill or Ellen, I mean, Torella, what have you done with yourselves in that meantime? I mean, this class became kind of a a touch point for a lot of people that kind of reset your week, you know? Yeah, it becomes this part of structure and in the pivot of, you know, the pivot of the week. Right. This is, you know, it's it's before, it's leading up to, you schedule around it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, I'm assuming... I've cheated. um, (laughs) My... uh, (laughs) uh, I have family who lives in Teaneck and they belong to the Teaneck community pool. And so it's an outdoor pool. And so I've been swimming, uh, swimming. I've been water exercising there once a week for about six weeks. I wear my belt. I do hooks. I do uppercuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. I, have, I forgot I have about Torello. I have Torello in my brain. And one of the other things that um, I take away from Torello was range of motion. Even doing any exercises in the house. Of course, I have to exercise in the house. Um, is don't cheat yourself range of motion don't don't you know if you're doing any leg lifts or something don't do little baby lifts do full range of motion because it's your workout i was thinking about how much we I, all miss this class yeah, right you guys missed it because i was trying to figure out ways to um get something out to you if you have access to a pool so i was thinking about making some recordings also get you like Bluetooth devices that's like waterproof. So then that way you could be listening to me while you're in the pool, giving yourself a workout. So that's one of the stuff that was going through my mind. Oh, and I think all of us would sign up for it (laughs) anytime. Absolutely. So I know that one of the things that's special about this class is we have an ACE mailing list. Yes. email, mm-hmm. telephone, yeah. that's been kept over the years. So we could do that. Yeah. Yes. We could do that. Ellen would do that. Yes. Oh, Ellen Goldman um, yeah. is responsible for yeah. the She uh, does the, the mailing list. I had, I had knee replacement a year and a half ago. And when I went to see the doctor, I said, when can I go back into the pool? And he said, well, maybe after you see me the next time. I said, that's uh, six weeks from now. I said, that's totally not acceptable. <laughs> and he said, well, and I was back in the pool like in five weeks. Right? For, for the benefit of those listening, the donkey kicks are done at the edge of the pool <laughs> and you just act like you are a donkey, donkey. and you kick out. Yes. <laughs> and also that alternately is just a feather, just, is, you know, the feather kick. Water. And then flutter kick, flutter kick, and then once you're in the middle of the pool, is the roundhouse, and just pretend you're a boxer. Right. And what would you do with a roundhouse punch? What would you do with an uppercut punch? And what would you do? And uh, do you use jab as well? Not so much jab, but those because it's more movement. And yeah. so that, and then when you think about cross country skiing, just imagine you are cross country skiing. And um, and that's what you do in the water. And it's a whole body moving. So I just have to say a footnote because sometimes we would collect people sitting around the edge of the pool waiting for the class to be over so they could swim their lap. Right. 
And I always looked at the expressions on their face like, oh, man, I can't believe what these people are doing. This is just, and I always wanted to say, you get in this pool. I don't care how many laps you swim. I usually invite a lot of people to the pool, like, especially during my class, because they want to swim. And I'm like, yeah, come join the class. Because, like, from the outside, it looks, it looks easy, but it's not. So I right. tell them, come on in. And usually, lap swimmers have this, yes. this superiority. They have an attitude. They have a superiority. <laughs> so, and usually, when I invite them, they have this thing like, no, no, uh, no um, um, I'm a lap swimmer. I get like a real workout. <laughs> Up until when I told people, I can teach the class so hard, I've made people quit. Yeah. And, you know, you think you're fit enough, and I'll show you. Because the funny thing about water aerobics is that it works with your strength. It's like almost like a, it's like a door slammer. Mm-hmm. So the harder you push against the door, the harder it's going to resist so that the door doesn't slam. So that's the one reason why my mantra is move water. If you're moving the water, you're getting a workout, and the more you try to move, the harder the workout gets. Mm-hmm. So it matches your strength. So the fitter you are, the harder you're going to work against the water, the more it's going to resist you. So therefore, the fitter you are, the harder the workout is going to be, the more it's going to kick your butt. So- and that's the reason why I said this is uh, moving Brooklyn water, exactly. because it's a very special kind of movement. And um, thank you, Torello, for sharing. Bill and Ellen, this has been great fun. And PJ, um, thank you very much. This has been The Usable Past. I'm Maureen Nahiki, your host. And we all are waiting to move water again very soon. The Usable Past is sponsored in part by the Greater New York Arts Development Fund of the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs, administered by Brooklyn Arts Council, BAC. Come naturally.